the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good. Welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of uh, 11 o'clock. And w- Steve and Mike are on the in queue. Um, we have three other lines available, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. But because they waited through the break, we're going to go right to them. Steve, you're up first, and how can I help you? Oh, hello there, Mark and friends. This is Steve Larson in Scottsdale. Listen, uh, uh, first of all, I want to thank you. We have, a, a, of course, a, a 2006 PT Cruiser, Chrysler PT Cruiser. And I, I don't expect you to uh, remember this, sir, but about, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago, I called on your program, and uh, we said that the car wouldn't start. So you had me look, recommend it, the, the, the look at the timing belt to see if it, if, if it moves, and it did move when we, my wife was trying to start the car. But long story short, they eventually had to replace the belt because the dang belt had teeth missing out of it. It was just like moving, you know, uh-huh. out of time. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so you nailed that one. Thank you very much. But I've got another question on the same car, 2006 okay. PT Cruiser, okay? Uh, basically, it's been giving us the uh, uh, engine, uh, check engine soon light, okay? Okay. And long story short... Uh, it has said with the computer, I took it over to Ozone, I have my own little OBD tool that I plug into it, and uh, it's saying it's the uh, number three fuel injector. Okay, so, of course, what do I do? Well, yours truly here, I replace the fuel injector. Well, I'm still getting the fuel injector light. Okay. Okay, well, uh, now we've gone past that, okay? Okay. So the, the computer is saying your fuel injector is bad, so I replaced it. Can't be that. So I take it to, like, two mechanics. And they tell me, sir, we're sorry to give you this bad this bad news, but it looks like you're going to have to replace the engine. And I said, what? After I, I picked myself off the floor, after they said, I said, why is that? I says, well, because your injector light is being caused by a bad cylinder. Okay, and I and they said, one guy said, well, I checked the the compression on it, and it's like 50, and all the other ones come in, come in at like 129 or 140, something like that. So that's going to flag your check engine soon light. So you need a new engine, basically. So what I'm calling you for is, do you agree with that diagnosis? Am I missing something here, or yeah. are they telling me, giving me something? Well, you're, you're kind of misrepresenting the whole issue. It's got a dead hole, and it's think, it thinks it's the injector. Why didn't you just flip three and four? You know what I mean? Just take three and put it in four and put four into three and see if the problem the moved in- with the injector. Mean but, the injector. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Rather than buy a new one, just swap yeah. two injectors. You already had the fuel rail off to get the one, uh, the one you needed. Yeah, I could have. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and see, we're we're going to have a little bit more sophisticated equipment where we're going to be able to kill the cylinders, 
and and watch the RPM drop and see what the cylinder participation is. We have we have computers that will do that for us, but oh, we're right. also going to be plugging in vacuum gauges. And I think on a gasoline motor, if we had a low cylinder, we're going to see a, a, a degradation of the engine vacuum, which typically is going to be 16 to 18. Yep. And it, now that's a valve issue. If we got fluctuation, right. then that's going to be a valve issue that's not closing because of a broken spring or a bad seat that's come out or something like that. Yep. But there's just, just we just need more work here. <laughs> we need to pull yeah. all the spark plugs, at, uh, pull the spark plugs on either side of the bad one, pull the spark plugs and run a compression test on all three cylinders. And we want to know, okay. is it a four-cylinder? Yes, sir. It is a okay. four-cylinder. So yeah. just pull the, pull the spark plugs on either side of the, of the cylinder and let's do it. Now, the compression test to me, and if you... If you want to argue, I'm okay with that. This is the way w- oh, we've sorry. always done it. The key, the key's on. The foot's all the way to the floor. Give it all the air we can, and we crank it for the same amount of time. 1,001, yes. 1,002, 1,003, off. And you look at the gauge. You do that a couple of times, take an average, then you move your gauge to the next cylinder and the next cylinder. Yep. We're on the same track. Yep. And, and that's what needs to happen. Then, once you find out that the cylinder's got substandard compression, then the question is, is where the hell is it going? <laughs> is it past the yeah. rings? Is it past the valve? Did the seat fall out of the valve and cold on the valve open? So then at that point, we roll the cylinder up to top dead center. We lock the motor down, and we put air, 120 pounds of shop air, into the spark plug, and we listen at the tailpipe, we listen at the intake manifold, and we listen to the crankcase, because uh-huh. the really? air is going to come out of one of those three places. Wow. So everybody's coming to the conclusion you need an engine, but nobody can tell you why you need an engine. They just think you need an engine, but you don't really know you need an engine until you do all that testing. And approximately, Nate, what would that cost? On a gas vehicle, yeah, gas. I need four to seven thousand, possibly. No, no. I, I'm sorry. I'm going to change my question. The diagnostic part. Oh, 150. I was going to say 150 to 200 dollars yeah. to do it all. Yeah. And and where can I get that done for that much? Well, I can't quote other shops' prices. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I'm sorry. Well, you, um, I think. Do I need uh, to call around? Well, what, what part of town are you in? Uh, Scottsdale. Um, I don't know uh, about uh, the freeway and Frank Lloyd Wright. Okay, north. Yeah. Call Blackwell. Uh, most all the Blackwell. shops. Yeah, call Blackwell. Most all the shops that I know of, we're all. I mean, Salem right now is booked three weeks. Well, I mean, we just can't take anything else in. We, we, we're, yeah, we're running good. and gunning and work, working well past seven o'clock at night, and and we're doing everything we can to get get to get it out. But and sure. in, in your how many miles are on the motor, by the way? Around, right around exactly a hundred thousand now. Okay, and if it you're has lucky, good acceleration and everything. I mean, okay. Go ahead. If you're lucky, um, one of the things I do is is I bring the piston to the bottom dead center and then I put some oil in it and see if that's going to leak out. Then drop a camera down inside there to see if. And I'd also want to look at the cylinder wall to see if there's any scratching going on from a broken ring or a broken land on the piston. I'd want to know before I took the motor apart. Is it the block i'm going in after or is it the head that i'm the going head. in after yeah. right right and it because if this is a valve problem where we drop the seat and you've lost cylinder efficiency because the valve is being held open by the seat and the valve has dinged the top of the piston we can see that with a camera by dropping it through the spark plug hole so right. and in that case we're probably not going to do anything to the piston if it's not broken we're going we're just going to sand off a little bit of the sharp edges so we don't collect carbon there and we're going to take the head off fix the head put the head back on and you should be in back in shape 
But wow. yeah, call Blackwell and tell him Salem said he doesn't have a prayer in hell of being able to fix this, but he, he he'd <laughs> give him a try. So yeah, say, I will. I well, I appreciate it. I appreciate if, if your input. Go ahead. If, if you're looking for confirmation too, I, I've gotten to where if you disconnect the coils and or or the uh, injectors, you can crank it over for longer than before it starts, and you should be able to hear that down cylinder with the tone of the starter changing. Good point. So th- Good there point. is that opportunity there too, just to have your own self-diagnosis that oh, if it sounds different or or uneven, oh. just by cranking it. Then, yeah, by I, cranking I and do. listening to it, disconnecting yep, and listening to it. And not only that is, you could put your thumbs over one and four and have your wife crank it over, but you want to make sure the spark plugs are quite a ways away from your fingers. Yes. So one and four, and then you go to one and three and one and two, and you just feel it with yourself. And if you've got a substandard compression, you'll be, I think most anybody, even, yeah. most anybody could feel that. Yep, yep. But gotcha. if you wanted to be precise, go rent a, a compression test uh, tester yeah. and screw it into the spark plugs yourself. Now, when you crank it over, I think you'll agree with me, the key's on, obviously, your foot's to the floor to give it all the engine you can, and you crank it over for the same one, two, three, four, five, boom. Yep. And then you do all four of them the same way. Yep. I and see. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, and I, can rent that, I could rent that device, and I could check the vacuum. You okay, can, well, uh, this is great, because like I say, uh, these guys are just saying, well, you need a new engine, need a new engine. And I'm saying, what? Come on, come on, well, they, come on. they could be right... They could be right, but no, if they're they right, then I'm saying I don't think they, I don't think they have enough information yet. I think that's more of a guess no. than a, a diagnosis. And sounds like it to me. Yeah. They could go deeper. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you'd feel better, and so would everybody else if if they said, "Here's the problem. Look here. Look at this scope. We dropped the scope down. There's a big old gouge in the cylinder wall right here of this number two or three or whatever it is," and and really and truly, the computer's not sophisticated enough. It thinks that the injector has stopped spraying fuel, which would make that participation drop to nothing, because we sure. no longer have fuel. So it's going to hang the the flag on the injector. But this is something that happens every day in my world. It says he has a spark plug. The guy puts in eight spark plugs, and it still has the same problem. <laughs> and, and, and well, of course, yeah, that's what I did. I yeah. replaced the coil pack, the, the plugs, the wires, and the injector, and I still get this stupid check engine soon light, and it comes up with the same flag. So I'm thinking, okay. and they come back and say, you need a new engine. I'm saying, wait a minute, I'm going to call Mark. Well, so I appreciate and, it, sir. I, I appreciate know, but don't, you guys. Don't, all we have is his first name, Steve, and he has a PT Cruiser, and he just admitted what <laughs> men never admit. They never admit yeah, spark terrible, plugs, huh? wires, coils, crankshaft sensor, <laughs> camshaft sensor, and new fuel injectors, new fuel pump, there's, and it's still doing the same thing. There's not much left after that, yeah. <laughs> okay, Steve, we're going to let it go. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. All righty, Mike, you're up next. How can I help you? Hi, Mark. Every time I take my Jeep in for service, they try to sell me high-mileage oil. And what's the difference between 10W30 and 10W30 high mileage? Is there anything, or is that just a scam? Just the price. <laughs> Additive, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't agree with this at all. I don't agree with this at all. I think you should use an oil that best provides you the coverage of the vehicle you're, you're in. A, a 1040 flows like a 10 weight when it's hot or cold and flows like a 40 weight when it's hot. Okay, so if you have a car that seems to consume a little oil, then the 1040 would be better than the 1030. But to be perfectly honest with you, you could use just about any oil we have on the market today in your car. 
you could use a 020 or you could use a 1030, a 1040, a 2050. You could use any of those oils. But but what typically happens is I'm going to sell you a special oil that I have diagnosed your I have talked to your car and your car told me it wanted this oil. And I'm going to put a 3,000-mile oil change interval on it, even though it's supposed to be five or 6,000-mile oil change interval, because I'm going to bring you in on a regular, and it's called a RCO. Do you know? We talked about this earlier. Yeah. Do you know what an RCO is, Mike? Yep, I know what you mean. I know and what it's you not mean. nasty. We, I have to tell them now, because it's not. it's reoccurring sales opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's why we put I nitrogen understand. in your tires because we don't. But that's why people put nitrogen in your tires because they're the ones that get to sell you the brakes and the tires and 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 they lift the hood. And we, you're going, wait a minute, you're just going to check my tires? No, that, we're going to check your hood. Oh, look at this transmission fluid. Oh, smell that. It's so bad. And on and on and on. So, um, you know what? Maybe uh, are you? Let me. Well, don't give the name. Are you using one of these chain kind of a quick lube facilities? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm struggling with with a lot of that because um, I'm in the middle of a whole bunch of ugly stuff that involves those, uh, and not all of them, a couple of them, with respect to they're using scare tactics, and um, they've also changed the rules of tire expiration. And when I come back, I got to take a break. I'm going to talk about the tire expiration. But there's, there's, uh, there are people out there right now that have changed the 10-year. Don't touch. I'm not going to touch your tires when they're 10 years old, which is what Mark Salem says to his customers. They've moved it to five years. And I'll tell you the story behind it, and you can draw your own conclusion. And we'll do that right after this. Did you know that most adults with autism are unemployed and a major hurdle is the lack of job opportunities? That's why Autism Speaks is teaming up with Lee Container, the Jay Donald and Laurel Lee Family Foundation Fund, and delivering jobs to create a more inclusive workforce in the U.S. Are you an HR professional, community leader, or business owner? Join us in creating a workforce where people of all abilities can contribute and thrive. To learn more, visit autismspeaks.org slash This is attorney William J. Wolfe, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. This Sunday, Mayor Jalvis returns to discuss the one undeniable thing the Biden administration shares with the new Israeli government, a complete naivety about Palestinian Arab genocidal designs. This is a very, very important show. Please spread the word. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, 
at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. It's after the hour of 11 o'clock, sitting here with uh, Nate from Strictly Diesel up at I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. A diesel extraordinaire when it comes to Chevys and Fords and Dodges. and, and uh, You like Peugeots, don't you? No. Oh, sorry. No. I'm sorry. That was one I thought that you would you would grab. But Nissans. Nissan. You're starting to work on Nissan some. Yeah, we're seeing. And are you finding tremendous similarities between the way that we're squirting fuel in the Nissan is the way we do all the rest of them? Yeah. It's just basic. A, a Bosch fuel system is a Bosch fuel system. So, okay. Yeah. That's neat. That's neat. Yeah. It's just spread your wings a little bit in a comfort zone, but then you get the Peugeots and you get the Volvos and you get all these other diesel kind of combinations that have nothing like of all the other diesels. There is that, yeah. And yeah, every now and then we get an oddball. So. Okay. All righty. We're going to go to the phones and we're going to talk to Terry. Terry, thank you for holding. How can we help you? Yes. Good morning, Mark. I'm, I listen to you on the Internet. I'm... Uh, a, a snowbird from Wisconsin, and I listen to you in the winter time when I'm in Arizona. Okay. <laughs> but the question, the question I have is: our uh, snowbird vehicle that I got parked in Arizona is a 2011 Lexus RX 350. It's, it's got uh, about seventy thousand miles on it. My question is: it says on the uh, fuel door, "Use premium only." And with premium around six and a half dollars a gallon or so, can a guy get by using regular in it? Okay, I'm going to give you my um, regular and premium analogy. Okay, um, in an exaggerated way, um, regular one molecule of gasoline ignites a uh, hundred, and a hundred ignite a thousand. So the burn is very long, or it's very quick, okay? In premium, in an exaggerated way, to give you the difference, one molecule ignites two, two ignites four, four ignites six, six ignites eight. Are you ever going to know the difference? Never. Can Mark Salem tell the difference? Never. Do we have to have sophisticated equipment on your car to determine the answer? Is we're going to have to do a fuel sample before we can find it out. Another example is this. You know when you have a balloon balloon full of air, right? And when you pop it, it just goes boof. But if I have a balloon full of air and I don't tie the the neck off and I just let it go, it goes and lands, okay? That's the difference between regular and super. You're never going to know the difference. Your wife's never going to know the difference. The car's never going to know the difference. There is no reason for you to buy premium because here's my challenge. Run it down as low as you can. Tell your wife to go ask your wife to go fill it up. And I'll bet you that at best you're going to be 50-50 guessing whether she put 10 gallons of regular or 10 gallons of super because you're not going to know the difference and your computer is going to completely manage both of those fuels perfectly. Now, I do have, and I'm talking out of both my sides of my mouth now, I have a, um, a twin-turboed Corvette, a Z06 Corvette, and I put premium in it because the motor is about $100,000. And I just want to make sure that when I'm being stupid in that car, that I have premium gas in it, which, again, is a longer burn time. It's just a longer burn. So if I'm going to punch Nate in the arm, it's just a punch. That's the punch. But if I put my fist against his arm and I push him 
to the count of three. That's the difference between regular and super. And don't worry about it. In your Lexus, it's not going to know the difference, and neither are you. If I were you, I'd get a gas app on my phone and hunt the cheapest regular I could find. Okay. That's what I kind of wanted to hear, Mark. Thank you. All righty. Good luck to you. Thank you very much, Terry. JR, you're up next. How can I help you? Yes, sir. Uh, you're talking about transmissions and transmission flushes and dropping the pan uh, in a Nissan, just, just an example, a 2014 Nissan pickup truck, as opposed to getting the whole transmission flushed. Is dropping the pan just as good as getting a flush, or what's the story there with getting a good, uh, clean fluid back in your transmission? Okay, you want to take the flush, or, or and I'll take the pan, or vice versa? Uh, vice want? versa, yeah. I was going to say, when the pan comes down, usually a filter's getting replaced. We're on a flush, we're not replacing any filters. So if you've got any kind of mileage on it, 60,000 is an example, I would want to replace that filter that's internal in the first. pan first. And then if you still want a flush done, then we can do that. But typically a flush does the whole system because we tie it into a cooler line, whereas on a service, you're just getting maybe six quarts. Or you, you, it, you know. it, I was told not too long ago that you're getting less than a third of what it holds. That's about uh, right. A, a, a less than a third. And, and let, me, let me just kind of follow up. Your transmission has two cooler lines that go forward to the radiator where we cool the transmission fluid off, okay? So we send it forward at 220 degrees, and it comes back at 180 degrees. We're going to take those two lines off, and we're going to hook up our fancy, dancy machines to that. We're not even going to pull the pan. And we're going to start your car up, and we're going to get inside, and we're going to have the tires and wheels off the ground, and we're going to put it in drive, and we're going to do all this fancy stuff, but we're going to flush the entire transmission. We're pushing out all the old and putting in new. Now, most of us have a window or an eye or a clear piece of hose, so we look at the beginning stuff, and it's brown, and we're going to wait till it comes through cherry red, then shut the machine off, and we're done. So I agree with Nate. I like to see my customers. All right, give me this, Nate. When do you do the filter the first time, generally speaking? 60,000 usually. Okay, and yeah. then that means you're going to do the flush at 120? Sure. Okay. Well, that, or close about. Close about. I mean, maybe 100 because at 120 you want to do another filter. But Okay, okay. Yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that. So you can see there's. it's just really how you mathematically cut that piece of pie up. How many miles a year are you going to drive on this? Uh, we're... Uh, I'm I'm doing basically uh, about seventeen, eighteen thousand. I don't think I'd do anything on your car until five, six, seven years from now. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't see a benefit there. I don't no. think you and your wife are ripping up and down between Phoenix and Flagstaff at 120 miles an hour. And more than likely, you're going from this store to that store to this restaurant to that restaurant and to the relatives and the grandkids or whatever. So um, I I agree, and I think our industry is best served, and you're best served, is if we do the filter first. And that also gives us a chance to see what kind of stuff's in the pan. We don't want to see any broken snap rings, or we don't want to see any a whole bunch of clutch material. We don't want to see parts of the transmission in the pan. We right. want to catch it at the 60 mark, and I agree with Nate, 60, 80, somewhere around in there. Right. Okay. So then, And then afterwards, we only did four of the 12 quarts. I'm using round numbers here. We only got four of the 12 quarts in the transmission by pulling the pan. So then okay. we're going to flush it down the road. That's how it works. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hiding out in Georgia. I'm not, I'm not uh, down over in the hot, hot area. But, oh. Uh, very good. 
I don't know Thanks. what weather report you're listening to, but it was a cool 32 at my house this morning. Wow. In the refrigerator. <laughs> in the refrigerator, yeah. <laughs> it's hotter than hell here now, right now. Hey, so it's now a good this, thing. this is why your show is so good. You always get a laugh out of how serious the problem is. It's really enjoyable radio. Thanks for the good job. All righty. Well, thank you for your compliment. That's very nice of you. All right, let's move on. Lee, thank you very much. Lee, how can we help you? Hi, guys. Um, I have a diesel question. Is there such a thing as a cylinder leak down test for a diesel? If you want to adapt a gas engine model to a diesel, yes. Um, but overall, we rely pretty much on a compression test and maybe a boroscope. Yeah, I think the compression test is a better uh, better than leak down. The leak down is the second part. If you have poor compression, then you're going to do the leak down test. You're going to interject a- compressed air into the cylinder to see if it's coming out of one of three places. It's going to come out of the intake, or it's going to come out of the exhaust, or it's going to come out of the crankcase. So the leak down test is the second part of a diagnostic procedure. Agreed? Sure. So does that answer well, your question? Well, sort of. I mean, a leak down on a regular gasoline engine is going to tell you a percentage of leak down, you know, through the through the lower end. And with the higher, uh, you know, I do it a lot on uh, gas engines, but the higher compression ratio, I haven't found anything about being able to do it on a diesel. And it's, I've always wondered about that. It's it's the same. It's piston and rings and valves. I mean, it's the same. The the difference in the piston is the compression ratio is higher. But when you're doing a leak down test, you're not using the compression. You're injecting air into the right. cylinder, and you're looking for three places the air shouldn't be. It may be part of the reason not on a diesel the tight tolerances we're dealing at. Because if you put that cylinder top dead center and introduce air to it, are you going to get what you want? Because Shop air is 120, forget right, our compression right. on that cylinder is supposed to be 400, so does right. that help you? It, that could be part of the problem or reason. Uh, There's a disconnect count. in the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what, what I was t- wondering because it's such, you know, such a high compression in the diesel, you know, a regular motor, you can you can tell the difference you put in. Sure. You use two gauges, so you put a, a, a known quantity in, and then you... Can determine how much it's leaking out with the second gauge. So, yeah, but, but on a diesel, gonna... you're right; it's too high. The, the compression's too high. So I don't know if you have a gauge set that would do that or not. Well, wait a minute, Plus, though. The motor's not moving when we're doing a leak down test. No, it's not. The motor's so. not moving. So if you're going to do a leak down test on a gas or a diesel, the motor's not running. So I don't care if the piston's a bottom dead center. I don't care if it's a top dead center. Compression ratio has nothing to do with the leak down test. We are looking for. It, with the compression is escaping into the crankcase, into the intake valve, or to the exhaust valve. So I, I don't think that we're concerned about whether it's a diesel or gas when we're doing a leak-down test. Correct. We're looking yeah. for a leak. And, and well, for what it's worth, I've had guys put shop air directly to the glow plug hole with the cylinder TDC and, and figure it out that way, too. So that, granted, it's not metered, but again, with, with 400 PSI compression, we can put 150 to it and be fine yes. or whatever shop air is. And we're not going to, at 150, we're probably going to have some leaking on a gasoline motor somewhere. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have some leaking. So you're right when the, when we, when the, the end result is going to be slightly different on a leak down test between a gas and a diesel. I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. 
diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-333-1750. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-333-1750. 800-333-1750. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to uh, play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Hey, is that a faucet running? Nope, that's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. It is? Yeah, forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. The water comes straight from the forest to us. In fact... What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum! That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. How do trees clean the air? They soak up the dirty air on their leaves, branches, and trunks, which means clean air for us. Hmm. Cool. I didn't know that. Yep. But the forest does more than give us clean air and water. It gives us shade for hot days, birds to listen to, and trees to climb. Wow! That's awesome. I didn't know how cool the forest could be. Hey, let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. And i got to tell you, if you want to look at the shop list I have of the best shops in the Phoenix Valley area. This is my list, okay? And I don't blame it on anybody else. These are friends of mine. These are shop owners that I know well. I have their cell phones in my cell phone. We talk on a regular basis. We compare problems and notes and employees and all that kind of stuff. But you just go to MarkSalem.com. MarkSalem.com. Click on Best Car Repair Shops and you'll hear all about. For instance, Kurt's Auto Repair is up near you, I-17 in Bell. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's always been a good guy and he's been a really good guy for our industry because Kurt doesn't stand on other shop's shoulders to make themselves look better. 
He doesn't do that. He's always willing to give the other shop an opportunity. But he doesn't get involved in those kinds of things. But in spite of all of that, he's really good at diagnosing cars. And I tell the story time and time again. A lady's been told she needs an engine. The engine is $3,000. And Kurt fixed it for $130. What did he fix? Probably something simple for sure. Oil pressure switch. Yeah, oil <laughs> that's pressure all, switch. That's all it yeah. was. And, and everybody else was bidding motors, and he just replaced the oil pressure switch. That was the very first time I met him. I had one like that, too, once. And, and, and you know, you just can't believe that it's, they're sitting there with estimates from other shops that said it needs a motor just because yeah. the red oil light's on. Right. Just because the red oil light's on. Yeah. And if you drive it long enough with the red oil light on, it's going to be an engine. <laughs> but if you catch it in time. Yeah. Anyway, Kurtz is a good guy. He's up there, I-17 in Bell, northeast corner. When we, when we talk about um, diesels and cars and, and, and all that kind of stuff, it, it's... It's difficult because they're changing the parameters on an annual basis, especially in the owner's manual. And we're starting to see things that, you know, before it was always a 3,000-mile oil change, and now it's the Wild West. You can pick any oil, and it'll all have different stuff. You can go 15,000, 20,000 miles on some oils that they say. I think folks have to understand that an oil change is a physical examination of your car. We change the oil and filter, but we check the tires, the belts, the hoses. We look at the brakes. We look for leaks. We look for coolant leaks. We look for radiator leaks. We look for transmission leaks. We look at for stuff that you you might need to have addressed sometime in the future. We're looking for problems. It's a physical of your car. And, oh, by the way, we're going to change five quarts of oil and a filter. That's what we're supposed to be doing. The the problem that we're getting is is we're – I was going to tell that story about – there's a, uh, a tire store in town that has changed the rules. We all know that tires that are 10 years old, and there's a date born on date on the tire. And when that tire is 10 years old, there's a whole lot of us that won't even touch it. We won't air it. We won't rotate it. We won't patch it. We won't do anything to it. That tire is expired. It needs to be taken out of service. And if you don't buy a tire from me, that's okay. But I am not going to touch that tire. I don't want to be a part of it. So we've got a tire store now that's decided that that's really a five-year stop. And so this is what happened. I I got a call from a guy who said, I went into this tire store, and they said it was a five-year call instead of a 10-year call. And I said, okay, so what kind of estimate did they give you? And he goes, well, for a set of tires, it was this much money. So I said, okay, give me the size of the tires, and I want you to stop at a couple of other stores and see what they say. So he did. And he calls me back, and we we get together, and we find out that they're all over the place. But the four tires on one, and I think I'm going to get this right. It's going to be somewhere in the vicinity. The four tires on one of them was $180. Wow. And and that was a discount tire. uh, This other store that wanted to move it from a 10-year, take it out of service to a 5-year, was almost twice as much money. Interesting. Almost twice as much money. So how convenient is it for us to cut the life of your tire in half, but then charge you at least 30 or 40 or 50% more for our four tires than you can get across the street or whatever? Right. I was involved in that, and it, it it just causes you to shudder about what's going on. Right. But, folks, there's a born-on date on your tires. It's called a DOT number. It's going to be a four-digit number. If it says 10 of 20, uh, 10, 20, it's the 10th week of 2020 your tire was made. 
And just the other day, I was working on a tractor, and I had a tire that was 15 years old on it. But the tractor goes six miles an hour, right. and all it does is hire, haul Renee's beer from her car to the house. <laughs> that's all it does. <laughs> That'll get me in trouble for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but that's not applicable for this. And the tire, if the tire blows out on the tractor, it's going to be doing three miles an hour, and it weighs twelve thousand pounds, and nobody's going to get hurt. Right. So, but on the other hand, we keep track of all of our customers' tires, and so that's kind of important as well. So, folks, um, if you get somebody who all of a sudden changes the rules of what we're supposed to say and what we're supposed to do, it's always a good idea to get a second opinion and save yourself a whole lot of money. But I'm kind of disappointed because this same thing happened in Payson. And I'm, I live up there about four or five days a, a week, and this same thing came up in Payson. Wow. So there there was one tire store that said this, and another tire store said that, and the same thing happened down here. And ironically enough, they were both the, ta- the, the both same kind of tires, right. but different tire stores. So we're playing games with that kind of stuff. Okay, it's 40, sec- or 40 minutes after, and the bell means that Mark needs to take a break, and he's going to be 13 seconds late, but it's okay. Brandon Tatum knows what the police are going through. Policing in America is one of the most underappreciated professions, period. Because you're underappreciated, overworked, and they they over-expect you to do stuff. Like, there's an over-expectation of policing. The Officer Tatum Show, weeknights at 8 on Intelligent Talk 960. The Patriot. Baseball, basketball, soccer, tennis. No matter what your game is, defense matters. Same thing goes for COVID-19. Help protect yourself with a booster shot. Now recommended for people five years and older. Schedule an appointment as soon as you are eligible following completion of your primary series. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Are you concerned about market volatility, rising taxes from the Biden administration, and how it could affect your retirement? Then listen to Another Money Show with J.R. Rochford and Anthony Correo. Learn how you can reduce the taxes you pay before and during retirement. Another Money Show every Saturday at 4 p.m. on 960 The Patriot. Schedule your free no-obligation consultation now by calling 623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444. I started my adventure as an aerospace medical technician. Flight medic in the Air Force Reserve. Satellite system operator. As a space systems operator. And I'm a pilot for the Air Force Thunderbirds demonstration. We deliver the world's timeliest environmental intelligence data. Flying to Afghanistan, bringing wounded warriors back to Germany. We take care of injured personnel on a daily basis. And then flying them from Germany back to the States. As a member of the Thunderbirds, I get to be a part of a team that passes on the message of the United States Air Force Reserve to the U.S. and the world. It's a very exciting career. One of the greatest things about the Air Force Reserve is all the different opportunities. The training in the Air Force Reserve is second to none. It gave me the opportunity to go to college. The Air Force Reserve actually paid for my education, which allowed me to commission. It was definitely a bonus. Probably the most exciting thing I've done is support humanitarian relief operations in places like Haiti. The Reserve gave me the opportunity to learn something totally different from what I did. Being able to travel. I enjoy the getaways that I get, and I enjoy the camaraderie and fellowship I share with all my unit mates. We're really close-knit. We're unique. And the Air Force Reserve gave me all those opportunities, and then even more. Start your adventure in the Air Force Reserve. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. 
That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Looking for a radio station that cares about real news and not afraid to go beyond the headlines? There's only one station for you. 960 The Patriot and 960ThePatriot.com. Well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, welcome back. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Nate from Strictly Diesel is sitting here, and he's flying wing with me. And the last shop I want to tell him about is somebody who's been around for since 1967. Wow. This shop has been in Phoenix working on cars since 1967, Larry Harker's Auto Repair. Bob and Ellen are the ones that own it now. Bob got his start when it was Harker's. And so he's been there around there a long time. But they also have a young man that works there that's a relative of theirs. He's a a nephew, and he is a wizard. He's one of those young bucks that just gets it. And he's one of those guys that has no fear. Those guys oftentimes get in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. (laughs) They go a little too late or too early or whatever. Yeah. But it is nice to have that um, self-confidence of I'm going to, I'm going to, walk through this and and if i get into trouble i i should be able to get my way out of it and so that's happened to us i can't tell you how many times where the top of the engine comes apart and then they find out that it's out of gas and that's the reason why it doesn't have any fuel pressure or something silly stupid like that right that's a terrible example it's just an easy one to make right and so those are the kinds of things. But Larry Harker's has been around a long time, so I'm proud to recommend 38th Avenue and Indian School. If you're anywhere in that area, then Larry Harker's Auto is a great place for uh, you to go. Have you changed your warranties any in the last 10 years with respect to parts and labor? Uh, we went to 336 okay. a long time ago okay. and haven't changed it since. Okay. And, and some of that warranty depends on the manufacturer, too. So. Okay. And it does in a big way. Yeah. And it, you can buy the same part under five different boxes, and it could have come. It could have come from the same factory. Right. Okay. Do you want to hear my um, my China uh, speech? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Everybody says they don't want anything in their cars from China. Well, it's it's all from there. It's all from, from there. Yeah. It's all from there. Okay. So here's there are guys in the parts industry that are old guys like me. And one of them goes and he takes the plans for a motor mount, the top mount on a Nissan Altima, and he takes it to China. And he finds a guy who makes motor mounts, and the guy that makes motor mounts bids him $8.25 a mount. Wow. That's what it costs him to bid it, to, to, to build it. So they hire him and they order 100,000 mounts. Okay. So they order 100,000 mounts at $8.25, and then the guy says, but that's my cost. I'm going to charge you what? 
the the guy who's buying the mount does this cost? No, or, or the, the the guy that's building the mount sends right. sells sends to the guy who wants to buy them. He says, "But that eight twenty five is my cost. I'm going to bill you probably nine twenty five or something eight fifty. This is a true story. Whoa, this is a true story. Okay, so now that motor mount's done, and that guy made twenty five cents. Twenty five cents of that motor mount stayed in China. Right now, from there it gets on a boat and it comes to the west coast. That's paid to people from all over the world that own those big boats, the big freighters. Right. From there, it gets into big trucks, and it goes to WDs, warehouse directs, all over the United States. Now, we don't get to buy from warehouse directs, but our parts store does get to buy from them. So it's like a six-step process between the customer, which is the end user of that motor mount, to China. There's at least five, six steps in the middle. Right. Now, at the end of the day, that motor mount has a list price. Of what? Depends, but probably fifty to one hundred and fifty dollars. Eighty nine dollars. Yeah, eighty nine dollars yeah. is the list price by most manufacturers. Because of how many people got to touch it along the way. Exactly. Yep. Who makes the most money on that part? Probably the boat across the pond. Nope. Strike no. one. No. Strike one. Truck so, driver. Strike two. <laughs> the WD. Strike three. Yeah, I guess. What are you? Oh, the what? reseller. The installer. Installer. Yeah. yeah. We make the lion's share of the money on that. Yeah. But in our defense, we have to warranty the thing, too. We do. Okay. But we wait, We make the overwhelming lion's majority on that motor mount. So that $89 motor mount, we were going to make $30, $35, something like that. But we make the overwhelming majority of the money. Right. Is the installer, which is just before the customer. Right. So that's how it all gets. So... People go, well, I only want this kind of spark plug, or I only want this kind of belt, or this kind of this, or this kind of that. But it, the fact of the matter is, is they they come, and, and there's there's three people in the world that make spark plugs. Three people in the world that make spark plugs. Do you know how many people in the world make a thermostat for a car? Probably quite a few. One. Oh, one. Because the sophistication of the equipment necessary to test the operation of a thermostat is so sophisticated and expensive no one else wants to do it for a thermostat that what does a normal thermostat cost 30 bucks right there's not a lot of money on a thermostat right so when you start looking through all of this kind of stuff you can have this motor mount come out of china and be put in five different boxes wow and it can be it could be ford chevy (laughs) nissan toyota and honda it could be right so it it's it's this idea about china the guys that do this, Wayne is the one I, I, I talk to a lot, but he's like, he he can cite chapter and verse what the menu is in China when they take him to lunch and all the animals that are in his soup. <laughs> but he has specifications and he has qualifications and he has testing procedures. And as they make these mounts, his job is, is to gather some and send them away to be tested. Right. And they're done to our specifications. To the whoever's the first person to buy that mount at the at the at the place of origin, and and certainly China and Japan and Mexico are big big vendors of car parts for everybody. Thailand, Thailand, yeah, and you'll see that. But it's just not possible for us in the and and I tell people just let me buy your part. It's the same part I put on my wife's car. You know what I mean? Just let me buy the part. I, I'm going to draw the balance. Wouldn't it be fair to say that you draw the balance between price, your vendor, 
your relationship and the warranty, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All those play a big part. Yep. So who's, well, uh, let's talk about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is an interesting concept because Rock Auto is, and I make this with a smile on my face so you know I'm lying, Rock Auto is a double-wide trailer in Utah. <laughs> Rock Auto is a huge business. Yeah, huge. huge. I mean, when you t- remember when Trump used to say huge, yeah, and it was huge. He always mispronounced the word H U G E. Right. That's that's what Rock Auto is. They are huge. Right. Now you order your part from Rock Auto, and Rock Auto then looks at Arizona and the zip code, and they've got all these warehouses that they've already got charge accounts to. So they they just send an email or a ticket to the warehouse, and they say send Salem this one two three four five motor mount. Then they deliver it to me. But really and truly, Rock Auto is making a heck of a lot of money, but they're not even touching the part. Right. They're not even touching the part. And if there's a warranty issue, you're going to go back to the manufacturer anyway. Right. Rock Auto's not involved. So Rock Auto is is sending these parts. And and really and truly, there are guys in our industry today that I've redirected all their parts purchases to Rock Auto. Wow. All of them. Except dealers. That's the, that's going to be the rough spot right there. Right, right. But really and truly, what percentage of the parts that you sell comes from the dealers? Approximately. Less than what it used to be, for sure. It, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking 20% of the parts I have to buy at the dealer I can't find anywhere else. Was, yeah. 80% of the rest of them I can find. And, I can f- and, and you and I buy from warehouses that the public can't because you have to have a resale number and you have to be an, an installer. Right. So we're not buying. I'm not. I, I'm going to speak for myself. I'm not buying from O'Reilly's, CarQuest, Napa, um, AutoZone. I'm not buying from there. I can buy better than they can sell to me. Right. I can buy better. Right. And and the better I buy, the more money I make. And 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 that's the way. That's the name of the game. Right. So I want to make more than a dollar on a part. And 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 so, it's it's. But Rock Auto is an interesting concept especially because they don't touch the part. Now, there is a warehouse here in town that gets a lot of their business, and I was in that warehouse not too long ago, and they, it looks like a UPS terminal. Oh, I bet. I mean to tell you, auto parts are coming down from fourth floors, down these big skateboard things, and there's a machine that puts a sticker on it, and then that machine sends it down r- r- aisle number seven, and it goes into that truck, and it's delivered. Wow. And so it's really very automated and very sophisticated. The dealers, I think, are going to be a little concerned if they're not already, because this kind of concept is really is really taking hold. Right. And people just ro- go into the internet and order from Rock Auto, but the problem is, is people are using Rock Auto to go in and find Motocraft or Delco. But we both know that that what's in that box isn't. There's no such thing as a Delco manufacturing plant that makes that part. They buy it from whoever makes it, and they put it in a Delco box, a Motocraft box. Right. So. Other than sheet metal, sheet metal on most car dealerships and makes and models comes from their factories. But in reality, a lot of that's made offshore as well. Right. So this whole China idea is kind of tough. Yeah. All righty. Who's next? Say hello to Janos. Janos, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you. Mark, I have a question about the tick engine light. Okay. Unfortunately, I only have a carport, and both of my cars ended up with some problem and the first one was a problem with the pack red chewing into the hose that runs the fuel uh, uh, what should I say the 
from the gas tank running back to the engine okay it evaporates some gasoline yes vape, anyway, it's called a it vapor was, hose was, a vapor hose it, it was six three years ago okay and then uh unfortunately my other it's a little truck uh, like a Chevy S10 but it's a GMC it has a check engine light and when it was checked out I was told in the gas tank there is a uh, I'm sorry like a switch and it has to be replaced but for that the gas tank has to be lowered down I said did you check out the hose that runs back to the engine from there no, no, it's definitely that. Well, if that's too into that hose, what comes first? Indicates separately that it's the hose problem or it indicates that it's the that, that indicator thing in the gas tank? No, the check engine light says that you, you have a flat tire. It doesn't know if you ran over a nail. It doesn't know if your wife's ex-husband cut your tire. It doesn't know anything. The check engine light just says, I'm looking for this signal here, and it's not there. The check engine light, yeah. the computer is not smart enough to know whether a rat chewed a vacuum line in half or whether the, uh, the, uh, the uh, solenoid on top of the fuel tank is bad. It's not. It just tells you the problem is in the fuel vapor system. It's in the fuel. And what we're going to do is suck fumes off the gas tank and burn them through the engine. And we're going to use a series of solenoids to open and close gates in order to suck the fumes off the tank. So the, the check engine light cannot tell you where the problem's at. It can just tell you that when I suck on this hose, I'm not getting any vapor, so it must be something wrong. That's all that's going on. The engine, the engine code does not tell you where the problem is. We have engine misfires that turn out to be EGR valves that are half open. And the EGR valve is an exhaust gas recirculation valve, and it causes an engine miss, but the computer thinks that it might be a spark plug or a wire. But it's not. So you have to be smarter than what's, what, what's going on underneath the hood, and you have to understand the process. In your well, particular okay, case, you are best served by having somebody. They, they wanted in, a $790 job on a gas tank, and I said, fix the line first before you get to lower the gas tank and do the big job. And they don't want to do it because they insist that they know what it is and it's that indicator showing them what it is. So I said, well, it doesn't show if there was problem with the line. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. In the shop's defense, if they put smoke into that system, a white dense smoke, and then they go underneath the car and the smoke is coming from the canister and the tank is six feet away and there's no smoke coming from the tank, then the shop can say, no, Janos, you're wrong. It's not coming from that. It's coming from here. So I don't know what kind of test they ran, and I don't know what the circumstances are, but I can tell you this, Mosianos. If you're not happy with the shop, just say goodbye and go to another shop. But there's not going to be too many shops I know, Janos, that are going to let you dictate the repair. And if you tell them how to do the repair and it doesn't fix the check engine light, then the customer usually doesn't want to pay for the repair that they demanded be done. 
and many of us are too damn old and too damn smart to be you know get hooked up with something like that so you i think it's a your best idea is is you're wrong when you think that you're capable of diagnosing a mouse ate your vapor hose when it can be so many other things and it's in your best interest to have someone put smoke into that system and figure it out and i'll see you next week Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.